0: Three, two, one, and we are rolling. What is up, everybody? My name is Seth T. Ream. I am your host, and welcome to The Daily Pod. This is the very second episode, but you probably thought I was going to say the very first, or maybe not, because you probably read and saw that this is episode two and not episode one, because we did, we did episode one already. I feel like, so, I messed up, and I need to apologize for that. You see, episode one, I just decided to read some topics without really letting anybody know who I am. So that's what this podcast is going to be. All right, I'm going to share with you about me. I'm going to share with the one person who somehow stumbled upon this podcast about me. So my name is Seth, obviously, hence the name The Daily Pod with Seth T. Ream. I uh, I was born in a place called Sedalia, Missouri And then we moved to the Springfield, Missouri area My family did Whenever I was Nine years old Yeah Yeah, I was nine years old And so I had always loved Being a performer My My parents always tell me About how they, they remember whenever I was little. I would put on shows for them. I We even have f- a home video, <laughs> actually. Uh, excuse me. We have a home video, actually, of me. I, ca- I can't hardly say any words. And I'm standing on a step stool uh, talking like I'm giving a show. Like I'm presenting something. So I've just always loved performing. I've always loved being in front of an audience. It's something that is just ingrained in, it's, it's there in my DNA, all right? It's something that I love doing. So, uh, let's see, here. I'd always done, like, church shows and stuff like that. And then, like, I did, I did the little honor choir that we had in elementary school. And then in fifth grade, we had a drama club. And I joined that. And that was so much fun. I loved, I loved doing drama club. I did drama club in fifth and sixth grade. And then I continued once I got to junior high. And then I did choir in sixth grade as well. But then the choir teacher at that school scared me. She was a very... A very harsh person <laughs> and so that was that that scared me away from doing choir in 7th grade so in 7th grade I just did theater I didn't do choir, I didn't sing at all in 7th grade and in 8th grade the choir director there she she had said whenever we were doing scheduling for our 8th grade year that uh she was impressed with my score that I had whenever I had initially auditioned, because since I was an honor choir in sixth grade, I had to go ahead and audition for the junior high choir, even though I didn't want to. I went ahead and auditioned and so the choir teacher there at the junior high said to me whenever we were doing scheduling for eighth grade, She said, Seth, you scored really high. I would go ahead and let let you do choir if you wanted to. And I was like Okay sure Nobody was asking me to take any other classes So Took choir and I did theater as well And then the summer before my 8th grade year Was whenever I got into doing magic and Well magic and comedy if we're being honest here Because what I would do So I started doing magic I was I was 12 years old Because I started school a little bit earlier Than most people So I was 12 years old and we had just gotten Netflix. This was around the time, whenever Netflix was really starting, bec- starting to become more of a streaming service than just the DVD stuff. This is whenever people were like, hey, "Do you have the Netflix streaming and everything?" So we had gotten Netflix because we had just moved to a different house, still, still in the same area, um, but different house. So we had gotten Netflix, and on there was Chris Angel's show. Mind Freak, which, if you ask me about that show now, I'll tell you, it is a terrible magic show, because it really is, like, magic-wise, it's, eh, don't get me wrong, I think the first couple of seasons are really good, but the ones after that are just, just overkill, so, I had watched that, and I remember on there, there was a a teach-a-trick session that chris angel did and he taught a trick um basically you predicted two cards that the audience that a spectator was randomly choosing and so that was the trick that he taught and i remember watching that and going that's stupid i'm gonna try it and so i did it and my mom was like wow that was really good how'd you do that That was the moment for me where I go, you know what? That was really good. I think I'm going to learn some more of this magic stuff. So then I went to YouTube and I watched a bunch of terrible tutorials of people with their palms and a deck of cards and their crotch and the camera pointed straight at their crotch uh, teaching stuff. And I was able to learn it because like I was but through, through that and watching magic's biggest secrets finally revealed with the masked magician through watching those, I was able to get enough information to kind of get the idea of how tricks were, were done and how to do various tricks. So I was doing that. And then, like I said, I've done theater for forever, almost pretty much my entire life. Um, so because of that, I already had the performance skills necessary for magic. I, I know a lot of magicians, because I'm friends with lots of magicians, <laughs> I know a lot of magicians will say that magic helped them get social skills and get out of their shell. I already was out of my shell and had good social skills, and magic just kind of added to that. and added, It added an extra element to it. Um, now, the comedy came in because I... I'd always been a naturally funny person. Um, I don't I don't say that to brag or anything, but I I wanted to be a comedian for the longest time. My grandparents would always take us to Branson shows and I loved the comedians in all the shows. And like in, in kindergarten, they had asked us all what we wanted to be when we grew up. everyone was like, I want to be a vet, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a doctor. And I was like, I want to be a comedian. (laughs) And I remember none of the other kids in my kindergarten class even knew what the word comedian meant. Let alone that they wanted to be one. (laughs) But I had said that I wanted to be a comedian. So I incorporated lots of jokes and everything into my magic. And that was... That, that, that's because that was just who I was I had noticed whenever I was doing these tricks for my friends I would throw in little jokes here and there And then I had only been doing magic About three Three, four months I had not been into it very long Whenever one of My friends Who I went to church with Had started an open mic night At a coffee shop And He said he said to me, he goes, Seth, yeah, I love I love your magic. You should come do it at the at the open mic night. So I thought, sure, why not? <laughs> so I went and and did that and I was coming back. It was so it was every other week that they had the open mic nights. And I was going there every night that they had the open mic night and performing. And here's here's the thing, I was doing something different every single night too. Uh, you'll see lots of you'll see lots of comedians who will go to open mic nights and they'll just do the same bit over and over again and that's because they're working on it to try to get it as strong as possible. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to push myself to come up with something different every single week. And so my format was I would I'd walk, they'd say eh, Seth Dreams. So I'd walk up there. That's this is my stage name, Seth Dreams. So <laughs> I'd walk up there and I'd give some sort of funny opening line and then I would go into a comedy bit. They would introduce me as a magician but I would go directly into a comedy bit. So I'd do a comedy bit and then I would do a series of three tricks and then that'd be the end of it. And it was so cool because I had built such a great following there. Uh, The 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 wife of the guy who had put it together that I went to church with. I remember she told me one night, she said, it's so amazing watching you perform because you go up there and like other people go up there and they sing and play a song and they do whatever. And I think some people will watch. Some people will just kind of not pay attention to it and just have it in the background. She, she said, but whenever you go up there, everybody in the coffee shop just stops and watches and i remember at that moment i was like i think i'm on to something here i think i'm doing something right and from then on i was like this is what i want to do i want to i want to be doing this i want to perform like creating stuff like this i love doing comedic magic it's so much fun and so that was in eighth grade and I continued to do magic throughout throughout high school. Let's see here, my freshman year of high school, I was still doing I, I actually didn't do theater that year because my parents had made it I'm so I'm the oldest child, therefore everything is experimented on me. And <laughs> uh my parents had this rule that everybody had to play at least one sport. Everyone had to play at least one sport. I'm not a sports person. At all. As you could probably tell from the everything I've told you about me so far. I am not a sports person. I don't like playing sports. But I had done football because that was the only thing I was somewhat good at. So I did football. And because of that I wasn't able to do theater my freshman year of high school. And my parents saw how upset I was about that, so the my freshman year was the last year that I played football. <laughs> uh, so I, I continued to do magic, and it was mainly my friends that already knew that I did magic and comedy and all this that continued to watch me through that time. And I, I did speech and debate as well. And I remember the coach that I had my freshman year. He was, so he was the freshman coach, but he was supposed to move up to coach of the whole squad the next year, because the guy who was the head coach was supposed to retire. Uh, spoiler alert: He decided not to retire. So, <laughs> um, the guy who was my freshman speech and debate coach helped me out so much. Cause like I thought I knew what was up, you I know. Mean, I, th- I thought I knew what was going on. I'm like, Psh, I've been doing theater my whole life. I know what I'm doing. And then I remember I performed my uh, interp piece, which is basically it's basically a ten minute performance, is what it is. So I was doing my interp piece, and he just tore me part for part. Like he, he he said to me, he goes, "You're doing a great good job, but let's make this great." And so he just tore me apart like that. But what I, instead of getting upset about it, I was happy. Because then I noticed that I was doing so much better. And so to this day, I still, I still thank him for helping me realize what I could be. And not holding back. For helping me realize that no matter how much I think I know. I can always get better. And so that helped me out a lot. And then my sophomore year, I was able to do magic again. Let me, sorry, not magic again. I was able to do theater again because I wasn't playing football. And that was whenever I started doing magic at the cast parties (laughs) for theater. And that really started to spread. And then with choir... We went to uh, Worlds of Fun in Kansas City towards the end of the year. It was just uh, our chamber choir, which was the top choir. Only had 32 people in it. 32, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, 32 people. They only had 32 people in it. And it was all different, all different grades. And there was one girl who was one of the most popular girls in school, one of the most gorgeous girls in school and I had done a trick where uh i but basically I had her pick a card, and I had her kiss the card. And then I looked through the deck, and uh, I was like, is this your card? And she goes, no. And so I set it down on the table, and I said, you know what? I know what the problem is. I don't know what your kiss feels like. And so uh, I said, it's okay. Here, just right here on the cheek. And so she goes in, and then I turned my head at the last minute, right? So I posted that video on Facebook, and it just goes viral in the town because everybody at school watches it. I I go to school the next day that I post the video, and – people are coming up to me they're like dude you're the guy that got the kiss from jessica right yeah. i go yeah i don't know you but awesome and so like i was a sensation everybody everybody knew me and that that for me was a huge turning point that was a huge turning point and so my junior and senior year i continued to do magic and it just got bigger and i just got better uh with every, every performance that I did. And I had a huge fan base in the school there. And then, after that, I uh, so my parents had moved to a different town the summer before my senior year of high school. And I stayed with my grandparents because I didn't want to switch schools for my last year of high school. So I had stayed with my grandparents And after I graduated, I that summer I lived with my parents in a different town, a place place called Nevada, Missouri, which is they it's actually I don't remember exactly where, what what blog posted this, but there was a blog that posted a list of the top like fifteen. Hick towns, no, sorry, white trash towns in the country, and Nevada, Missouri was number one. And uh, I remember someone told me that, and I go, "Yeah, it's not surprising." So that's that's the kind of town that it was. So I was there the summer after my senior year of high school. So the summer after I graduated, and then, uh, whenever that fall came around. I did a semester of college back in the Springfield area. And that was an awesome semester. I teamed up with one of my friends who did magic. Uh, we, we'd actually met at the magic club that's in Branson. Yes, there's such a thing as a magic club where magicians get together and just do magic tricks. It's so much fun. <laughs> so, uh I had met him at the magic club and he and I had teamed up and put together a show, which was just this like, it, so it was a duo magic show, but it was just like offbeat humor and the craziest magic stuff. I I loved it. I loved, it was so much fun. Probably one of my more favorite projects that I've done. So we had put that together, produced a show ourselves. Like, I had produced shows before and put them on for the public. Uh, I had done two. One was by myself, and the other one was actually with the same same guy, but we were younger then. And I had always made money. Uh, but I had the help of other people. I had the connections of my parents, where they were at at the time. And people they were like, "Yeah, for Seth, of course we'll do that, and so we didn't have that going into this going into this show it was just the two of us. that was it. He was a senior in high school, and I was a freshman in college, and so these two broke kids <laughs> i did I didn't have a job at the time either. He had a job I didn't." <laughs> I was just going to college, and so we had booked this venue that, um, he, let's be honest, he paid for it, and he paid for all of our supplies as well, but I I was the main creative mind there behind the show. I had, like, scripted it out and everything, and he, he basically threw stuff in, and that's that's why we worked really well together, because I would script everything out he's he's gotten much better (laughs) since then but at the time he didn't really have much experience with that uh so we had this show together and he he did the business side of stuff and I did the more creative side of stuff and we worked great we did really well we ended up I think we made like ten dollars after expenses and everything. So, I, I've i never lost money doing a show. Uh, but we had made like $10 and then we blew it all at stake and shake after the show. <laughs> so, after that... Uh, let's see, we did that on Veterans Day. Of 2016. And then we had been doing open mic nights and everything around the area too, and we were we were getting recognized. It was to the point where we could just be walking around in downtown Springfield and people would come up to us and go, You're the magicians that tased each other, right? Go, yeah. That was us. So like people were recognizing us and it was super cool. Super cool. Loved doing that. So that December, let me, okay, so throughout this entire process, I had done none of my schoolwork, like at all, because I didn't want to go to college in the first place, because I I was like, I know what I want to do, and college doesn't have a part in that, (laughs) but my parents did not see it that way, and so basically... I was forced to go to college. That's how I was seeing it. And so I was like, well, if I have to be here, I'm going to focus on what I want to focus on. And if I get around to my schoolwork, I'll do it. So I had failed all of my classes. All of my classes. And (laughs) that December, my parents were like, hey... Um, what the heck? How come you failed all of your classes? You said you were doing well. I said I, I was, <laughs> and I just didn't do any of the work. Well, that had ended the term, the the terms that I have with my grandparents, because my grandparents said either I'm working somewhere or I'm going to school. I'm allowed to live with them and don't have to do any expenses or anything. And so, it was either find a job, or leave. And so, I've been trying to find a job, but never heard back from anybody. I got like a couple of interviews, but never, never landed a job. So I ended up moving to Nevada and working there with my dad, which is what I had done that summer. And my dad worked at a local TV station there. And so we were basically filming local events. And so I had so my junior year of high school, I had started writing songs because uh, I was I was very I was very, very depressed. Very depressed. But I was really good at hiding it. <laughs> and so writing those songs was what helped me get it out. And I only had a few friends that knew that I wrote songs. Um, and I was producing music a little bit as well. There was nothing to write home about so I've been doing that and so whenever this happened obviously Mason and I Mason was the guy who I was doing the magic stuff with Mason and I were not able to work on our duo act anymore so I was hardly doing any magic Because in Nevada, Missouri, there's nowhere to perform. Nowhere. And because of that, like... Whenever I first moved, my depression just got so much worse. Because... I felt like I had failed. I felt like I had peaked in high school. Which is... One of... Peaking in high school is my second biggest fear. My first one being... Losing my fiancé. The second one... Being that I peaked in high school. Like... Terrified of that. So I was like... Did I peak in high school? Is it all just downhill from here? And so I was... I was feeling terrible. I was hardly... It's hardly leaving my bedroom unless I was out filming something. I would. The the only trips I would make. I would go to family video. (laughs) And rent like six movies a week. And so I'd watch all these movies. And so I got really into. Filmmaking then. That was whenever. That really started. And so I got really into that. And at the same time, because my depression was so strong, I was writing mu- a lot more music. And I was producing more music. So music was what I was pumping out here. So it is now 2017. At that at the time, in the, the story here. Like, not right now time of recording this is 2019 but so so in this story it's 2017 and it's uh it's in April and the Walmart there was having a remodel and my dad was like hey they're hiring people for the remodel you should apply and I'm like dad 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 can't you see I am having so much fun being extremely depressed and writing songs and thinking about the movies that I'm going to make I don't want to get a job somewhere <laughs> he was like just apply besides if you get it it's only what three four months It's like you know what you're right it is only like three or four months so I applied I got the job of course. Because they were hiring for a remodel. So they basically hire everybody. So I got in the job. And made made some really good friends working there. Um, friends with all those people still today. But I met uh, one guy there. His name's Jeremiah. If you follow the ELP YouTube channel. You will know him as The Prophet. I met him there and I I had mentioned something to someone about me being a rapper <laughs> and they're like what you're so white you're, you can't be a rapper and I had a few songs out on SoundCloud and so they listened to that and they were like this is this is pretty dope you're you're pretty good man it's like really like yeah yeah, you're like really good. So oh, thanks, guys. And so Jeremiah was like, "Dude, this is so cool." He, he. He was the one that was like most impressed by it. He's like, "This guy works at Walmart, but he he makes songs like that? No way!" And so on our breaks, basically, what Jeremiah and I would do is we would just go out to my car. And listen to whatever new songs I was working on. <laughs> and then I remember one day he goes, dude, could I like come over and just watch you work or something? i mean, sure. And so that was like my first friend that I had there in Nevada. So he came over and then I had, I had inspired him to try it. I was like, you should try rapping. I think you'd be pretty good at it. He's like, I don't know. I said, dude, you listen to a lot of hip hop. You're going to be a pretty good rapper. And so we worked on it. And now he's to the point where he is now. And he continues to get better and better with everything that he does. And so then we really started focusing on making music for him. Because I had a job. I wasn't spending all my time in a room. That's the thing. My bedroom there had no windows. So I could literally sit in the dark. All day. Talk about something that's bad for your depression. So. I. Had Jeremiah now. And. I had, I had friends. That I was like spending time with. And doing things with. And then. Um, the remodel ended. And they had hired. A few people on. Like permanently, and I was one of those people. I was still working overnights. I was an overnight stalker. They said they they gave me an option. They said, "Okay, you can either do a cap two, which is stocking, but it's for, uh, unloading the trucks and stocking. Yeah, like you can either do that, and your shifts will be two p.m. to eleven p.m. Or you can." work overnights as a stalker 10pm to 7am so I went with that because I had made friends with some of the staff that was already there on the overnight team and so I did that for a few months and I was continuing to work on music here with music being my main focus Jeremiah and I was also uh, thinking about videos and stuff that I wanted to do. And I, I had attempted to film a short film uh, that totally fell through. We didn't finish it, and then I never got any of the footage that we had done. I kind of upset about that. <laughs> and so uh, in October, I remember we were waiting to pick up our paychecks in the personnel office there. And Kathy, the lady who worked in the personnel office, walks in. And she goes, hey, does anybody want to work in the deli? They have an opening and it's a 50 50 cent pay increase. (laughs) I was like, sure, I'll do it. (laughs) I mean, anything for more money, right? And she goes, okay, cool. So they put me over in the deli. And I was making 50 cents more. And one of the ladies that I worked with. overnights Goes hey my daughter works in the bakery. You might see her. like, okay whatever. And so I get over there to the deli. And it's like my third day. There. Yeah. And there's this girl in the bakery. And. I, so we had. So we had the bakery area. Which you had to walk through. And then you walked through two double doors. And then you were in the deli area. So I was in the deli area And I remember she walks through The two doors there And just like A light All around her Angels singing it's, it's incredible And I had completely forgotten what she said She had asked for something And one of the other guys back there was like no She was okay and then walks away And then I had to go into the bakery side to get something later that night. And, um, I don't want to get this wrong. Cause I, even though I told her not to listen to this, I guarantee she's going to listen to it. <laughs> uh, I had gone over there to get something and I had completely... So you know how whenever you go into a different room sometimes and you completely forget while you're in there? That's what exactly exactly what had happened. So I walked in there and I stopped to think, what did I come in here for? And she goes, Can I do something for you? And I'm like, No, I just wanted to see you. And then I walk away, right? Just whew, whew, so smooth. So smooth. And uh, so I, I had a rule, which is I'm never going to date anybody that I work with. Well she had told me that she was quitting <laughs> and going to work somewhere else. Which was awesome for me. Cause I was like, I really want to ask this girl out. We'll come to find out it was of as you probably know by now, the daughter that had been previously mentioned and so she she left she left working at Walmart but she and her mom still came into Walmart every Sunday night and i always worked sunday nights which was awesome and uh so i i got to see her and i was like oh, i want to ask her out i don't know how to though i don't, I, I don't know I'm not good at asking people out, but I finally got the courage to write a letter to ask her out. Not, not, not actually do it face to face, but give her a letter instead. So, so that's what I did. Was I I wrote this letter, and even then I was so scared to give her this letter. And so we were cleaning, and she was there. And I I had the letter in my pocket, because I knew she was coming in that night. And I was like, I don't know if I should do it. I don't know, should I? And I remembered the last episode on season one of Master of None. His dad, Dev's dad, talks to him about tells him the story of a man who saw a tree and on each leaf on the tree he saw a different path for his life so he was looking at the leaves and he kept looking at the leaves and he looked carefully at every leaf and the leaves started to fall But he continued to look at the leaves and he spent so much time looking at the leaves that eventually there was just one leaf left. And he wasn't happy with that leaf. So basically I was like I don't want to spend so much time thinking about stuff. I just need to do it. So I go over there. I handed the letter and I said don't open this until you get home. Well, so she said yes, of course. And so, I had continued to live in Nevada. And we were dating. And I was still working on music. And I was doing a few magic things here and there. Nothing real big. Um, may- Merely just people who had already known that I did magic in different areas. So, uh... We were dating, working on music, and then fast forward to July of 2018, I, I, I was so fed up with Walmart at this point because they had started making changes to how they were doing their scheduling, and it was just screwing me over big time. I hated it. I could not stand it. I was, I was starting to get back in that depression place it was it was Im- it was killing me and at the same time one of my magician friends had posted that the magic shop in silver dollar city in Branson was hiring and there was also a posting for an assistant manager position at a Springfield Walmart at the same time. One's going to pay more. <laughs> the other one I'm going to enjoy a lot more. Both get me out of Nevada into the area where I wanted to be at. Cuz it's the first day that I got into Nevada my goal was to get out of Nevada. <laughs> and so here I had two opportunities. And so is which one do I go with? And so I told my now fiance, spoiler alert, sorry uh, I told her and I was like, I think I want to do the magic shop. She said, go for it. She couldn't have been more supportive. So I applied for the magic shop and I got that. And I've, I've just been enjoying it ever since. Uh, everything else that I've done, you guys probably know already. If you're listening to this podcast, if not, look me up, look up, uh, Seth Dream, if you look up Illusionist Seth Dreams on YouTube, you'll be able to see the magic stuff that I've done, if you go to the uh, ELP YouTube channel, you'll be able to see the songs and everything that I've done, so, that's where I'm at now, now you know a little bit about me, and I think I'm going to use this podcast to just talk about how I'm feeling and different aspects of my life, and uh, I can't afford therapy, so this is probably going to be a new version of that while still doing music as well. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been The Daily Pod with Seth T. Rame, and I'll see you guys next time.